0: Welcome, and thanks for joining us on the podcast. Now let's join Rupert Kratz for his message. When I, when I first... Uh, we had a busy week, and uh, many people here share that. But when I, when I think of Friday evenings, I can't really think of anywhere else I would like to spend it, except here. Because it's like in my, in my, in my journey, it's grown that I, I've come to love... The people of God. (laughs) Because the presence of God is here. Uh, This is where his word is. This is where his spirit is. Obviously, it's everywhere we go. But it's just when I I think of Friday evenings, this is that time. And many of us have come here with busy lives. There could be many other places we could be. But we are here. And it's always joyful. It's It's a good time as we worship, praising God. That energy, that takes me through the day, through the evening, through my life. And it it, it enables me to know that I'm part of a bigger body than just my own small life. And that's the blessing of being here, part of this church. And this evening, Pastor Ben asked me to share, and we're doing um, the series on Theology 101. And we're doing the second part, which is Grace 2. And before we do that, let's just open up in prayer before we go into the Word of God. Father God, thank you so much for the privilege of uh, being here. Thank you for the privilege of uh, gathering in your name without the fear of persecution. We come here on a Friday night not expecting uh, any uh, police or army to arrest us. But our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world do. So here we come in Alice Springs in Freedom. We come to hear from you, open our hearts, open our minds, and make our spirits receptive for what you have for us this evening. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Grace 2. Last week, uh, Pastor Jacob, he shared with us uh, the Ephesians uh, 2.8 passage, and he, uh, he went with us uh, through the meaning of the word grace, and he mentioned the word charis, and we touched on that, and we, we mentioned uh, the fact that grace uh, is the thing that separates us from every other religion in the world. And you can see that these are the main ones, but if you look at the big ones, you'll see that this whole grace thing is really what um, separates us from every other faith in the world. Not so long ago, we went to um, Hong Kong, and we, were, we went to a Buddhist temple. And uh, there was a, a person uh, who was sacrificing to Buddha, and they were uh, lighting incense, and they were on the prayer wheel and stuff like that. And then the gentleman asked me, aren't you going to sacrifice as well or bring some offerings? I said, no, no, I'm just looking, watching. I said, what? I said, oh, no, are you not Buddhist? I said, no, I'm a Christian. And uh, his comments was that... Um, yeah, I know I know about this Jesus. I know this faith of yours. He says, your faith is too easy. I said, what do you mean? No, you're Jesus. He's done everything for you. And I went, yes, that's pretty much it. Yep, he, you got the nail on the head, my friend. Yes, this Jesus has done everything for us. No need to work. No need to spin the peri wheel. No need to burn the incense. Bring food to the idol. There's no need for that. This Jesus has really done everything for us. And Pastor Jacob drove that point home last week. And he said, it's by grace we have been saved through faith, not from yourself, it's a gift from God. And we know what that looks like. And so we're walking in that grace. The grace we're looking at tonight, for some people, it might be um, a different... A way of thinking for some. Uh, we have not maybe heard some of the, the words. Uh, Pastor Ben has referred to it many times throughout this series. And uh, the grace we're looking at tonight um, might raise some questions for some. And that's okay because everything I say here and everything Pastor Ben says, we always say uh, Acts um, 17 11 says you have to check everything that people say up front here. Uh, whenever you hear someone talking, you've got to take it to the Word of God because the Bereans were more noble because they checked out what Paul was saying. So even Paul had people checking up on him, so it's always good to check up on what everybody's saying. So we check up what people are saying through the Word of God. We don't just take everything from at face value. Um, and so uh, grace is mentioned 170 times throughout the Bible, 39 in the old, 131 in the new. Now tonight's message, we're looking at... Um, Specifically this kind of grace, and there's four different categories we, I use normally. It's a full fake fan follower, and tonight we're looking at fan to follower because we're looking at uh, people who follow Christ, people who are children of God. Um, I always tell my children there are two kinds of people in this world, not black or white or rich or poor or slave or free or male or female or any other lines the world would like to call. Uh, There's only two kinds of people in this world, Uh, those who call God their father and those who don't know God yet. So those are the two kinds of people. So not culture or race or nationality or language, and those things are all worldly definitions, but there's only two kinds. And so what tonight's message is about the the second kind, or the first kind, those who call Christ Lord, God, their Father. So what we're talking about here is taking our walk, in a way, to the next level. And this grace that we're talking about, last week we spoke about receiving grace, and now we're talking about being empowered by grace. And that's the thing we're talking about. And the empowerment of grace is what we're looking at now. The first point is, uh, last week, uh, Pastor Jacob spoke about um, the grace. And he mentioned something uh, called special grace. Now, only Christians receive special grace. Special grace is when you enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So only God's children have access to that. So that is Ephesians 2 verse 8. We have the blood of Christ over us. We have forgiveness from sins and all those things. Common grace refers to uh, everything That everyone experiences So the sun shines The rain falls Um, We have babies that are born healthy We have people that can see People that can hear Um, We we are blessed with health So that falls on the whole world So that's why the Bible says The rain falls on the the righteous and the unrighteous So we got that So that's common grace And last week Pastor Jacob spoke about special grace Now tonight We're looking at something um, different Um, The word we're looking for Uh, The word we're looking for is slightly different. The word is, last week was charis, we're looking at the word uh, charisma, and we're focusing on the bottom one, which is a divinely conferred power or talent. And when we look at the scriptures, when you study the original languages, you'll find that um, as I read through some of the scriptures, and actually many of them, they are more applied or more applicable in this context, in the charisma or the charismata sense of the word, which is divine power conferred. Unto us, his children. So we're talking about this grace is an empowering grace. So when we look at this grace, it's, it's partly receiving. Yes, we've received it. But the word charismata and charisma refers to that. Now when we think of the charisma, we normally think of the word charismatic. Because that's where we get the word from. And what we have there is that. We have these deliverance, teaching, word of knowledge, healing, miracles, discernment, tongues, prophecy... And those are the main gifts as outlined in those scriptures. Now, if we do a show of hands, we're not going to do that. But if we did a show of hands and we said, who has these gifts? You know, and many people may say, well, I don't really, you know, I may have some of them. Maybe, uh, you know, I don't know, discernment, tongues, I don't know, prophecy. We don't know. So there might be special people that have been given this special grace. Absolutely. And that happens. And now you ask yourself, well, in Romans you know, 8.11 it says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it, it dwells in us and it will quicken your mortal body. So basically, the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. Now if you slow down enough to think that one through, you will understand what kind of power we're working with here. So when we do the let's help day, the let 's help Day in those green t- shirts that wasn't done in our own power. <laughs> you know we there were people organizing and things like that, and they did a lot did a great job, but the power behind that was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was touching lives far beyond us, just painting and fixing roofs and things like that this The cleaning of that place was was Jesus working through the hands and feet of yourselves yeah. of us that 's the power we 're talking about the power of a transformed life. Yeah. That's the grace we're talking about. And so the idea is, when we look at this grace, if you look at it in this context, it says 1 Corinthians 10. It says here that by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is in me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. So the grace Paul was referring to here, once again, refers to a power, a sense of, of enablement, which the Holy Spirit does. I've got a few verses here, I just want to read for you. Second Corinthians twelve eight it says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take away this from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. John one fourteen, the Word became flesh, we made His dwelling amongst us. We have seen His glory, the One who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Once again, power, grace to serve. Acts six eight. Now Stephen, a man full of grace, God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs amongst the people. Ephesians four seven, but to each one of us grace has been given, as Christ apportioned it. So you can see this grace concept is running all the way through the scriptures it says hebrews 39 don't be carried away by all kinds of strange teaching it is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace not by the eating of ceremonial foods which is of no benefit for those who do so first second peter 1 2 grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of god and jesus christ our lord i think you get the picture grace is running throughout the bible but it's an empowering grace this grace we're talking about is not a grace that allows us to sit it's a grace that enables us to serve that's the whole thing and this grace runs through our very veins spiritually second point god actually helps us this grace enables us to serve him in the good times and the bad times now Many people, when you watch television, uh, certain people, they say, God, you comes to Jesus, you know, and He'll make you healthy, wealthy, and all these things. But that's not quite what the Bible says. The Bible is very clear. When you come to Christ, He only gives you two things. Uh, forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Yeah. So that doesn't mean that our lives will be easy or bump free, or we will dance between the raindrops. I know from personal experience that is not the case. We have uh, family members who are struggling with different things. We have friends and family struggling with sometimes with um, children. Maybe you have gone astray, sickness, illness. We know that sometimes we don't dance between the raindrops. But you see, God's grace allows us to go through the rain. We don't dance between the rain. We go through the rain. So the strength of Christ empowers us. It's not our own strength. We've watched the television programs and we see um, many people, they go, Oh, I've, you know, I've... I was a minister or a priest or something, and then my wife died, or wife got cancer or something, and I prayed to God to heal her, but then uh, God didn't heal her, and then she died, and then I lost my faith. Okay, buddy. Millions of people experience many worse things than that. It's not the circumstances that determine our faith. It is the object of our faith. God himself. God is unmoved. He is always God. His power still runs the way it always has. It's us accessing that power through faith. And then it says here, God has a reason for allowing all the things to happen that we may never understand, but His wisdom is that, that we trust His will. God says all good things work together. Uh, All things work together for the good. Not all good things. And uh, in our lives, rain, if it hasn't fallen, it will fall. Because the Bible says this life is prone to strife. Yes. So if someone says they're dancing between the raindrops, either they're not being truthful and they're not being honest with themselves. Or they're just, you know, uh, living in denial. And that's not what, what Jesus is about. Jesus says, you, we have problems and we go through it with His strength. That's the kind of grace we're talking about. Yes. And when we, sing of that, when we sing that hymn, when it says, um, uh, turn your eyes upon Jesus, and it says, look full in His wonderful face, and then the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So you see, it's not God that lacks the power, it's us that lack the focus. You see, Peter only sunk into the water when he took his eyes off Jesus and looked at the waves. He was walking on water. Hands up all those people who even walked on water once. Nobody in the boat could say that. Peter walked on the water and then he still looked at the waves. His focus was shifted off Jesus. The power was all there. So for us, the challenge is, where's our focus? Are we focusing on the problem? Or are we focusing on Jesus? Because when you look at Jesus, the things of this earth will grow. Strangely, Jim. Whatever it is. I don't care how big the problem is because God is bigger. I don't know your situation God knows your situation and he's bigger than that (laughs) he's bigger than that I realized the other day I was doing something with my kids We were playing in the background And something struck me Pastor Ben said When you hear something for the thousandth time Because you grew up in a church And I was, you know, raised in a Christian church Home, my father was pastor And so you learn to speak Christianese and stuff And so, you know, the brain is always there You always have these words in your your head And you quote Bible verses, you know, to get parents off your back But the thing is This other day I was there with my kids on Saturday last week And it struck me This verse came to me God knows my name. And I was like, I've heard that many times. We even know the song. The, the kids sing it. But God knows my name? Like, really? And it's, it went from here to here. He knows my name. Like, he flung the stars. And he knows my name. It freaked me out. The kids were like, Dad, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. All good. But But the thing is, for us to realize that the creator of the universe knows my name, I mean, that should just... Come on, you know what I'm saying? You're walking through town, and he knows my name? He knows your name? He knows what I'm going through? He's not an impersonal force? He's my dad. <laughs> my dad. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that freaked me out. Okay, that's, that's, uh, that's just that's off the track. That's nothing. Let's get, back. let's get back to this grace. Okay, let's move on. Okay. It is only by God's grace that we can actually enjoy... The good times and the bad times. You see, when you go through the bad times, you can't see God's hand in it. You can't, because you're kind of like, oh my word, is God even here? Does he listen? Can he hear me? Does he know where I am? Yes, he does. He knows. Everything that happens to me and to you is Father filtered. So it's been allowed. It falls under the Romans 8.28 thing. So we might not be able to see the whole picture. But there's a beautiful painting at the end of this thing. We know Corrie Ten Boom and the story of her life when she went through the concentration camps. And she has this beautiful picture of like we looking on the other side of this, this whole um, thing. It looks messy. Uh, it's like, like, you know, when you're weaving stuff to make pictures, a special word for it, I'm not sure. But in the front, it looks beautiful. If you look at it this way, it's beautiful. But if you look at the back, there's all these things sticking out. And we are on this side of the veil. In our lives, sometimes it looks a bit messy. There's things everywhere going wrong. And you're going, how does this even make sense? I don't even know what's going on. We've got to trust the God that actually called us. He's not left. He's still there. And if there's no footprints next to you, it means, and it's only yours. It's not yours. He's carrying you. He's carrying you. There's only one set. Yes. It's not yours. It's, it's his. He has more power than you, so don't, there's no power here. You know what I'm saying? Go to the, the source of power. He doesn't have power. God is power. Yeah. God isn't powerful. He is power. There's a big difference. We have, we have a little bit of power. We can move this paper. Oh, look, that's power. No, not really. God doesn't have uh, power. He is power. There's a big difference. God doesn't have love. God is love you know, He is love He doesn't have love He is love yes. He is the object and embodiment of the word If you look at power you see God Anyway moving on There we go Okay. So there we are Trust his will Now you ask yourself This grace that we have um, I might be disqualified You don't know what I've done Okay you don't know how far I've been away You don't know my testimony You don't know my witness You don't know the sins that I've committed in the past You don't know where I come from mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right If you look at those That list, it's not a That's not a good list Yeah, I think we can put our names up there I'm sure I can put I can my name there for lots of things up there Yeah, the last one's my favorite Lazarus was dead God still used him And he was dead Now that's power you know what I'm saying? That's power. So a lot of us over here in this room, we're not dead. You know what I'm saying? So God can use us. If God can use Lazarus, he can use us. So we're not dead right now. We're actually alive. So thank God for that. But even dead, Lazarus was used to glorify Christ. There we go. Lazarus, come out. Oh, Jesus, he's been dead for three days. Mm-hmm. Open, open the grave. Come. Come out. Death does not even scare Jesus. Why? Because he is Lord of life. <laughs> so the thing is we don't have any excuses anymore. So these people over here, these are the patron saints, you know, they are the, the legends, the names that we have statues after in Rome. But God used them. So we can't use our excuses. There is no excuse that we can use to not be used of God. So another key is where's God going to use us? That's the key. That's what we're going to find out. So God's grace is an empowering thing. It empowers us to serve. We're not saved by works, but we are saved so that we can work. Yeah, Yeah, we're not saved to sit. Mm -mm. We're not saved to sit. You see, God's spiritual blessings and gifts are meant to be used to serve Him. Pastor Alcorn came about a month or two months ago whenever he did. And uh, he came and he said, if you have gifts and talents in this church right now and you're not using them, you're robbing God. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. Never heard that one. Like, uh, I didn't hear it, but I kind of, I kind of did that. You know, like, because after, you know, when you don't hear God, you kind of like shut down. And you say, that's not for me. That's for the brother next door over here. Uh, that's not my word until May spoke to me as well. So that's another story. But the point is, we all have words from God. And God prompts us. And we can either do this. We call that spiritual amnesia. <laughs> It's like you have it when pastor, oh, the pastor preaches, and you're like, and you God, and then you go, Whoa, yeah, I feel a conviction. There's a move. There's a, there's a prompting. And you go, Oh, I just want to get to Netflix and silence that word. Put the Netflix on so my spirit can get, you know, normal again. Whew, that's fine. And so we want to dull that prompting. Because, you know, when the God prompts you, it's probably going to be into action. Yeah. It's probably going to be to action something. And it's better just to put on Netflix, you know what I'm saying, to be easier. Because you can sit on your backside and just press play. And that's why there's no need for grace. You just sit there and. Oh, well, someone's going to probably take the word there somehow. Sure. Not me, of course. God gives us material and earthly gifts. Not for us. Because it's not ours. Our cars, our money, our health, our talents. It's not for us. It's for Him. To glorify Him. And so that people... What's the Peter say? Oh, do your good deeds so that people can glorify your Father who is in heaven. Mm, there we go. That's right. That's what God is all about. Now, this one, I quoted earlier. And I just want us to slow down on that one a bit, because this thing really hit me. It's not, you kind of hear it, we've we got a song that I sang as a child. I'm not going to sing it now, it's, it's embarrassing. But the point is, that song is exactly this words. Uh, the Spirit of Christ that raised Him from the dead. So, this whole thing, this Spirit lives in us, it's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same power, the same grace lives in our hearts. Now, if Christ was raised from the dead, that spirit dwells in us. And it empowers us. So this thing empowers us, not just to um, reach the lost, but also to serve the body of Christ. And serving the body of Christ goes from anything to setting up the chairs, to uh, rolling up the blinds at the back, and joining all the different teams. Not so that people can see that you're wearing a t-shirt. With different colors But actually It's because You want to serve Because you love yeah. Not because of duty Duty is something You do because You have to mm-hmm. And Pastor Ben uses the thing, It's like No no We get to yeah. Yeah. We get to yeah. Yeah. If I asked you A question I said Jesus died on the cross mm-hmm, mm-hmm, We know that He gave his life Okay He took The sins of the world Which he had no part of On himself and he died in your place and in my place. Okay. We know that. Now, if I could pay him back, what would that look like? We can't. That's what's grace. But if we could, if you put like a dollar value on that, I don't know. I don't know if we have enough numbers for that situation, really. That's like a speeding train coming at you, and then Jesus pushes you out of the way. He gets killed in your place, and you are saved. So now you lying over there. you safe. Jesus is dead. And now what are you going to do with your life? Because that life is actually now belonging to Jesus. Because he literally saved your life. He pushed you out of the way. He took the train of sin. And now your life is not yours anymore. So all your ambitions, hopes and dreams, that would have come to an end when that train hit you. So now Jesus pushes you out of the way. So now, do you think it's a little bit unfair that maybe Jesus can say... That your life is no longer yours? I stepped in front of that train for you. What is our sacrifice of gratitude? It is it now a sacrifice or is it now a love gift? <laughs> How much do we love this Jesus that was butchered on a cross? I have to ask myself that question. Do I love him enough to sacrifice money, time, effort, energy? Do I love him enough? I, and to be honest, the answer is probably No. Because there are lots of temptations that steal my time that are very good things. And we have to ask ourselves that question. Jesus pushed us out of the way. We just recently had a a birth and the blessing of a new baby in our family, baby Titus. And uh, he's very small. He's also very weak. He has to be looked after for everything. Everything. Takes a lot of time Not my time It's not my baby. My kids are big It's <laughs> so all good It's okay But not my But this baby is small it's, it's small And it needs looking after Now the thing is We were also All of us Once upon a time In that state Right Now it's difficult to believe Some of us over here You know But we see ourselves in the mirror We go Yeah baby No not really But We were babies once upon a time Okay And physically we grew up Physically, we grew up. We had to grow up, because that's what we do. Babies grow. So next year, Titus will be one. And the following year, God willing, he'll be two. And three, and so on, until he gets old. And, you know, like me. Like, you know, old. You can then grow up, and more responsibilities, and, you know, growing up stuff. Now, that's physically. That's physically. Now, the same thing applies spiritually. You see, Paul says that. He says... You see, when you become a Christian, you're drinking milk like a baby. You're drinking milk, but I can't come next year and you're still drinking milk. You see what I'm saying? You can't literally be drinking milk the same time. If you stay a baby your whole life, there's something wrong with you, like physically. There's something wrong with you. If there's a disease like that, like literally, where you you know it's it's a it's a defect. Yeah. Now spiritually, let's take that into our world. If you still at baby level. Two, three years after you said yes to Jesus. I got a question. What's going on? Because you see, when you love Christ, you study his word. You meet with his people. You have his spirit empowering you. You should be growing in strength. Strength in wisdom. You know, and Jesus grew. And Jesus grew in wisdom. wisdom. It's a song. Anyway, it's a baby song. It's a kid song. You know. It says, uh, read your Bible. Pray every day. And you will grow, grow. Okay, okay, you don't know the song. Anyway, the point is, it's a Sunday school song, and it says, "Forget your Bible," and then you will. Mm, mm, oh, it's a kids' song. You do the actions, and okay, it's a very small, it's a very, it's a, it's a deep theological truth. But you know, do we read the Bible? Let's start there. Do we spend time praying? Do we spend time reading the Bible? I can watch a movie of two hours, like that. You ask me to read the Bible after 5 minutes I'm like oh, I'm out Yeah It's called the flesh Easy to put on the TV Harder to read the word of God and get something from it Because the Holy Spirit is probably going to tell you something Again About something in your life that needs to change And that's it's better than just put on Netflix It's easier just to shut the brain down But you see it takes commitment and discipline To open the word of God Every day because you have to grow your inner person, your inner man, your inner woman. Strength doesn't come by accident. You don't wake up one day being an effective soldier. <laughs> you don't go become a soldier by, you know. You see what those people do. They train their bodies until it's a, it's a hard weapon. And we, we want to become fit and healthy without going to the gym. <laughs> it's, like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work You can't run a marathon in a day And go I want to run the marathon No you're not You'll collapse after 10 minutes mate so You've got to train your inner man You need to do some spiritual weightlifting. That's reading the word of God and praying And you will grow, grow, grow Amen. You see Second Peter had this right Make every effort to add to your faith Goodness Goodness, knowledge And the list goes on They don't say forget those things It says and then love at the bottom So you must add to your faith. So God is assuming that you will grow. God is assuming that you will go from strength to strength. That is the strength to strength. That's in the Bible, right at the bottom there. When I read that, I go, oh my word, it's another thing we got to change. It's a lot of stuff we got to add on there. Knowledge and goodness and self-control. What is that? Endurance, brotherly kindness, godliness and love. That's a long list. Peter should have stopped the first one. Faith. Faith is nice. You can't see it. It's like, I got faith. Yay. And then faith has to work out to look like that. Oh my word. Hard work. Should have stopped at faith. No, he didn't. he didn't. He went on. So it's there. We're going to read that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Now, this... I would just like to read this portion of scripture because... It's quite a lengthy piece. I just want you to—it's from the Passion Translation. It's—it's uh, it's Romans 12, and uh, it hits kind of the nail on the head about what we need to do when we leave this building. Um, the, what, the so what test. Whenever someone preaches, I always—I always apply the so what test because you've just taken up 30 minutes of my life. What—what what am I doing? Yeah. How am I going to walk stronger in Christ because of what you just said? Yeah. So what's the, the what's the so what test? I just want to read this for you guys. Romans 12, beloved friends, what should be our, our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourself to God, to be His sacred living sacrifices, and live, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but inwardly be transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. God has given me grace to speak, a warning about pride. I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of yourself of importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using God-given God faith as the standard for measurement. And then you'll see your true value with the appropriate self esteem. In the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with unique functions, and so it is with the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined to one another, with each contributing to each other. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. So if God has given you the grace of the gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. If prosper is your in your generosity without... If you, have, um, if you have the grace gift of giving to meet others' needs, then you may prosper with your generosity without fanfare. And if you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. And so you can see here, we celebrate... As Paul says, this gifts, these empowering grace uh, comments that Jesus makes for us. But actually, what we do is, as Christians here in 2018, Alice Springs, the grace is not for sitting. It's for serving. So the only reason why we have church gathered here today, this church could be on a field, it could be anywhere, it doesn't have to be this building. But the only reason why we gathered here is to empower you, to teach you so that we can go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus in our jobs. When our words are his words and our ways his ways, when our hands are the hands he can use, when our hearts desire is just to be a heart he reaches through, that's when Jesus looks a lot like you. That's a quote from a, from a hymn. As I was praying through what serving looks like in Alice Springs, Maybe in our lives. These are some of the thoughts that I jotted down of what this empowering grace could make us do or enable us to do. Each of those things can be fleshed out in a snowflake way in everybody's life here. So we can't spend the time. This is between you and the Holy Spirit. Serving God through your family, tithes and offerings all the way down Serving God by serving children, not only the children's ministry, donating clothing, uh, volunteering at the Rotary Salvation Army, anything where they need hands and feet, like the Let's Help Day. That wasn't a one-time event. It's something that's ongoing. Not because the leadership of the church was, oh, let's do something in the community. Actually, it's a command from God. God wants us to go out there and be the healing bomb to this broken world that we are rubbing shoulders with every day. These are some of the ways we can do it fulfilling your calling, simple acts of service, sharing your talents, using your creativity. All these things are God's gift to you. Now, how are we going to use this? We can't use it by just sitting down. And how do we do this? Well, like a hammer drill or a screwdriver or a drill, we might be powerful or able, but without the power of the Holy Spirit running through us, like the electricity, We can't be used. So his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us for his own glory and goodness. And so this is God's power running through us. It's not us. And so when we think of this, it is actually the power of God that we have available right here in his word and through his spirit. So we have no excuse really to sit down and and just come for a show. This is not a church show. When a non-Christian comes to me, and when I come to school and they go, oh, Rupert, you go to church? I said, yeah, I go to church. Which church do you go to? Desert Life. Fantastic. How many shows do they do? I said, there's not really a sh- Well, there's an 8.30 service and a 10.30. Do you pay to go to the shows? No, we don't pay for shows. I said, And and, and I understand that. If you've been unchurched, you know, if you don't know what church is about or Jesus, then you might think church is a show. And you sit back and you watch the movie, you've paid your ticket, now it's time for the entertainment to begin. But the church is not about entertainment. We're here to serve. So whatever the leadership does here, it's not just the leadership, it's us. It's Jesus, us here, hands, feet, out there. So my challenge to you this evening is to use the gifts and talents that God has given you. He has given you those gifts and talents. Now the choice we have is do we sit with it or do we share and bless others with it so that other people might glorify this God in heaven. That is our challenge. Let us pray. Father God, we've heard many things tonight. We've heard from your word and how you've empowered us. We've heard that you've done on the cross, which we know. You've saved us from the penalty of sin. But you've given us your Holy Spirit. You've given us your Spirit not just to keep it as a secret, but to share it. Help us to be infectious Christians. Help us to be effective witnesses in our workplace, in the sport we play with the people we rub shoulders with every day, with our family who sees us every day from morning to evening. Help us to be a true, real, honest, godly witness. Let us not lean on our own understanding. Let us lean on your power. For you have truly given us everything we need for life and godliness. Bless the people gathered here today and every family represented And I pray, Father God, that you'll continue to strengthen us as we make every effort to add to our faith all those things you outlined in your word. Bless us this evening, Father, and bless us so that we can bless others. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you have been encouraged by this message. For more information, check out our website at desertlifechurch.org.